You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Precedents. Uh, precedents and precedents. That's what we're going to talk about. You know, we live in a very short-sighted culture. Not, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, planning ahead goes on. Not a lot of worrying about the implications, the effects, the precedence. So we say, let's do this thing this way right now, and, and maybe soon, maybe tomorrow, we'll insist that our principles dictated be done a completely opposite way. Who knows? We'll see when we get there. All we know is that we want it the way we want it right now. And nowhere do you see this mentality more on display than in the realm of politics. So now, today, this week, leftists uh, across the country are worried, very worried. I'm sure you've heard uh, about Donald Trump, very worried that Donald Trump will especially govern as lawlessly and unilaterally as Obama did. And keep in mind, they're now opposing Trump, um, opposing Trump's uh, dictatorial leanings as a matter of principle. They're saying Trump will govern like an authoritarian, and that's, and that's not how the presidency is supposed to be used. That's what they're saying now. They're not just saying, oh, we don't want Trump acting this way. They're saying this is not how presidents should act, and it's how we know Trump will act. But we all see the contradiction here, don't we? You can't miss it. You can't miss the contradiction. You couldn't miss this contradiction. You can't miss it when it walks into the room and kicks you in the shins or, you know, uh, loots and, and riots burns down your store, as the case may be. They spent years defending and encouraging um, Obama to bypass Congress and govern on his own. They encouraged him to do what he could do on his own, irrespective of the law. When it comes to immigration, when it comes to healthcare, transgender stuff, etc., so forth, everything really. They said, just do it on your own. And now they're terrified that Trump... We'll take them up, take them up on that invitation, just as Obama did. Now they didn't mean that invitation for Donald Trump. Also, they meant it for Barack Obama because I guess they thought that Barack Obama would rule for a thousand years. But it looks like that's not happening. So they're terrified, and perhaps for uh, for good reason. I'm not going to say their apprehensions are completely off base. I don't think they are. But you see, liberals, this is why we conservatives believe in limited government. Because unlimited government, the appeal of unlimited government depends entirely on the appeal of the people in power, especially the guy at the top of the executive branch. But that guy, even if he does have some appeal to you, he won't be there forever. And even that guy, your guy, he's just a guy. He's a man. He's not Jesus. So he's going to be prone despite what you've heard about Obama. He's not the Messiah. We, we, we know that now. At least we can dispel that rumor. We can dispel with this fiction. 
as Marco Rubio would say. And so uh, as, as a man, any man will be prone to abuse the power that you've encouraged him to seize. Doesn't matter who it is. And this is why we advocate limited government constitutionalism. Now, look, I'm under no illusions about the right, uh, about so-called conservatives. I fully expect a great number of uh, conservatives who opposed presidential overreach and unlimited power in the executive branch under Obama to suddenly discover a strange affinity for all of that under Trump. I'm sure that will happen. It already has happened. Uh, I fully expect it to continue happening. Hypocrisy is rampant on all sides. Inconsistency abounds everywhere. That's true. But when the conservative hypocrites abandon their constitutionalist leanings for Trump's sake, remember who made that possible. Remember who set the stage. Obama didn't set it on his own. He didn't start the process. But the executive branch has grown in leaps and bounds in terms of its scope and authority. And you guys, liberals, I mean, were in favor of it. So remember that. Remember that. Learn from it. The term limited government has been used as a slogan uh, for a long time and often very inconsistently, hypocritically. And uh, because of that, it's come to sort of mean nothing when we hear it. But it does mean something, or it should. Our founders set up the country this way because, um, and I think this was their most important insight, they realized that human beings are flawed. They can only be trusted for so long and with so much. And that's why we limit government. So that worst case, a total tyrant gets in there, gets into the Oval Office. There's only so much damage he can do. That was the whole point. You see that now? That was the whole point. Look, our system in a perfect world uh, would not be the system. It's not the best system. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, it wouldn't be preferable because while it divests government of its power, it sends more power to the people. And we think, well, that's a good thing, power to the people. But often that's not such a good thing. Power to the people sounds great, but there's a problem with that as well. People, as I'm sure you've noticed, can be stupid, dangerous, selfish, short-sighted, ignorant, all of these things. Look at all the people who vote on election day. Many of them are not fit for the job that they've signed up for, which is selecting our next leader. They're not fit for it. They don't know what they're doing. And they know that they don't know what they're doing, and they're doing it anyway, which speaks to the selfishness. That's the thing. You go to the voting booth, and you're ignorant, and you don't know what's going on. You haven't been paying attention. You haven't done the work ahead of time. When you do that, you're being selfish. You're a selfish person on top of being ignorant and possibly stupid. But this is, I mean, many people are this way. Many people are this way. Let's face it. This is why I could never be a populist because populism relies on this unabounding uh, sort of faith in humanity, in, um, in, in the mob, I would say. You have to have a faith in the mob, trust the mob. And I don't. And anyone who's ever seen a mob in action should realize why I don't trust them. There's no, you can't trust them. Mobs are ignorant, unwise, immature. This reminds me, what was the line from Men in Black? 
I try to quote Men in Black whenever I can. The fir- just the first one. That's the only Men in Black I, I accept. But uh, the, Tommy Lee Jones at one point says, um, you know, Will Smith says to him, look, p- people are smart, you know. They can, han- they can handle these secrets about aliens and so forth. And Tommy Lee Jones says, a person is smart. People are dumb, stupid, dangerous animals. And that's kind of true. A person individually, but you get them all together and uh, you got problems. That's just the reality. Uh, I mean, and it makes sense because the leaders that we don't trust, they came from this same pool called humanity. They didn't fall from the sky, even if they think they did, even if we sometimes treat them as if they do. They didn't fall from the sky. They weren't uh, raised out of the ground like orcs and Lord of the Rings. They, they're just people that were born and they lived in society the same as the rest of us. Maybe they were richer or whatever. They had more opportunities. They went to a nicer school. They lived in a nicer house, but they, they still are just people that, and they come from that group known as people, same as we do. And so whatever problems exist in that group will exist in leaders as well. We don't trust our leaders because we don't trust humanity, nor should we. So having people as a check on power, giving all this authority to people and trusting us with the ability to govern ourselves to some extent, that's a dangerous game too. And not the type of government we'd have in a perfect world. I know this because I know about a perfect world and it's called heaven. And I know that heaven is not a democracy. There's no voting that goes on. It's a kingdom ruled by one absolute, benevolent, wise, and just ruler. And that, we already know, is the ideal system. Any Christian who says that democracy is the ideal system is uh, either not thinking about what they're saying or, what are they, I guess they're criticizing God's judgment because God, democracy is not the system he set up in his kingdom. You're not going to go to heaven and, and start preaching about democracy. You're not going to say, gee, God, you know, I think maybe we should uh, maybe we should all have a vote on this one. You think we should vote on? No, you don't get a vote. Because God already knows. You don't know. He knows. So we're just going to go with the right thing. And heaven is a perfect place and everything that happens is the right thing, right? Um, and that's what matters in the end is doing the right thing. We want the right things to be done. We want people to be closer to truth, closer to God, closer to joy, closer to what is right. And that's all that really matters. Um, and that's, that's what happens in heaven. And that's also what, that's really what a system, that's, that's what the government should be doing. That's what a country should be doing. Fundamentally, when it comes down to it, um, you know, what is the job of a, of a country? The job of a country is the same as the job of, uh, of any individual person. It's, a, it's the same as the job of, of, of everything, of all people and of everything that we do. All of those things, all those people should be tailored towards, you know, should be pointed towards God, bringing people closer to God. And yeah, even governments should be doing that. doesn't mean that, um, that you have to have a theocracy. But when you have a government that, is, um, that governs itself based on natural law, well, then it will have that effect of bringing people closer to truth, closer to God. And that's, that's all that matters. If you have a nation where the people are falling away from God, have no sense of truth, no sense of justice, no sense of right and wrong, 
but it's a wealthy nation. It's a comfortable nation. It's even a nation with powerful armies and, and, a, and a great military and a nation that wins wars and so on and so forth. A nation like that is not a great nation. What makes it great? People are comfortable. They're happy. They got a lot of money. So what? We win wars. Well, that's great. And the valor and courage of the people that fighting those wars should be, should be heralded and, uh, and heralded. I can't speak. I just had a baby, by the way, so I haven't slept in six days. The courage and the valor of the people that are fighting these wars should be celebrated. Let's go with that word instead. But that alone doesn't make a nation great, especially because the majority of us didn't do anything about, we we didn't contribute to the wars. We didn't fight. It's a minority that does that. So what makes a nation great? It's generally speaking, if the people in the nation are pointed towards God, are close to God. Um, and it's if, 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 you know, being a member of that country, of that national community, if you can call it that, if, if being a member means that you're going to be pointed towards God, that's, that's what makes a nation great. That's the point of everything. So uh, in heaven, it's pretty easy. You know, God runs the show. Human beings don't because we're not qualified for that job. Even the prophets and the saints are not qualified for it. The angels are not qualified for it. Only God is, and it's the perfect system. But it's the perfect system because it's run by the perfect being in a perfect world. We don't live in that kind of world, uh, and and, uh, we don't have that kind of leader here on earth in human form anymore. And when he did come and he showed up and he was walking around for 33 years on earth, he wasn't interested. And he he didn't, you know, uh, try to attain any political office. That's not what he came here to do. He came here to point us towards the next kingdom, not to rule over, you know, this temporal kingdom as some sort of governor or politician. So that's a fact. So we have to look for the second best kind of system. Best kind of system is one that I've just described, but that's not available to us right now. Second best. Well, you could make the argument, and I tend to agree with this argument, that uh, still the second best system is one ruled by, if not a perfect being, then at least an imperfectly benevolent, wise, and just Christian monarch. That's probably the best system. That would be better than what we have now, certainly. Um, we'd have less political power, but we'd actually have more freedom. Things would be better, generally speaking. But if you're lucky enough to find this kind of good man, this good monarch, he won't live forever. And now his power will be inherited by, by someone who uh, doesn't share his virtue. And so that's why we have to go to what really is the, the, the third best option, but the, so it's the third best option, but it's the only feasible one and the only one that works over a period of time theoretically. And that's our system. So it's not the best. It's probably not even the second best, but it's the third best. And in this case, the third best is the only one that really works over a period of time. It's not perfect. It's not even that, not even close to perfect. Perfect. But it's the only one that works given the circumstances. 
you take power away from the leader at the top, whether he's good or bad, and you put more in the hands of the people, even if a good portion of them are just as bad as our worst leaders. And that's and they are. Makes sense that they would be, considering they elected our worst leaders. But this is the system that's the safest, most prudent in a fallen world. And, uh, and you know, I, I say that and I realize that I don't even know how convinced I am of that. We say our democratic system is the best um, over a period of time. But, we, you know, this country has only existed for uh, two and a half centuries. And things are already falling apart <laughs> pretty rapidly, aren't they? Um, and two and a half centuries is a very short period of time. I mean, there, there have been... There have been empires great great empires that have existed for centuries hundreds and hundreds thousands of years um and we've done two and a half centuries and a lot of us aren't even sure if we're going to exist for another you know we don't know how much longer it's going to exist so maybe the jury's even out on, on some of what i'm saying here whether or not it is the third best but regardless of the fact it, it is our system maybe it doesn't maybe we shouldn't get into ranking it you know um, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't get into that. Uh, the Roman Empire had a lot of problems and was ruled by a lot of tyrants and despots. So, so, so in many ways, it proves my point. You know, we, we, we're not going to have a Caligula or a Nero. Um, but it also existed for uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and helped to build human civilization. So uh, I don't know. But in any case, um, the whole point of our system is to limit the power of government. And I, I, I still think that, you know, right now in this world today, it's the safest, most prudent system. And it requires that we as human beings, as, as citizens, keep it intact. And we all have to be involved in that project and on board with it, no matter who's in charge. See, this is the problem. The limited government thing has become an ideological issue, but it shouldn't be. It's a matter of prudence and pragmatism. We should all agree all the time that government ought to be limited. And if, if the government is run by our side, we should demand that it work within the framework of the law and it not venture outside of the law, even to do something we want done. We should demand this for no other reason than our own safety. And this reminds me of something from a, from a, a, a man from all seasons in a dialogue between St. Thomas More and Will Roper Roper's trying to convince Moore to have someone illegally arrested, one of his enemies. And he says, uh, Will Roper says to St. Thomas Moore, he says, uh, you know, arrest him. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. And Moore refuses. And, and as the man is leaving, as the bad man is leaving, Roper says, oh, he's going. You know, now's your chance to arrest him. And this is how the dialogue goes between Moore and Roper. And I think it's really important. Moore says, uh, and go he should if he was the devil himself until he broke the law. Roper says, so now you'd give the devil the benefit of the law. Moore says, yes, what would you do? Cut a great road through the law to, to get after the devil? Roper says, I'd cut down every law in England to do that. And Moore says, and here's the crucial point. He says, and when the last law was down and the devil turned round on you, where would you hide? The laws all being flat. This country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws not god's and if you cut them down and you're just the man to do it do you really think you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then 
Yes, I would give the devil the benefit of law for my own safety's sake. So we should give the devil the benefit of the law. The devil. And perhaps in this scenario, the devil is our political opponents. Our political opponents are shouting about executive overreach and we say, good, who cares? Who cares if their rights are infringed upon? This is what liberals were saying for eight years. Yeah, maybe the Obama administration is infringing on the rights, but who cares? You know, they deserve it. They're devils, evil, scumbags, racists, bigots, homophobes. But you should have cared, liberals. You should have cared because it's illegal. And once we tear down all the laws so that our guy in the White House can run about doing whatever he wants, making our enemies squirm and we take such delight in it. But once we've done that, we won't be able to stand upright in the winds that blow and blow they will. And for liberals, that wind is blowing right now and it's a cold, icy wind. It scares them. But they must know. They must know partially at least that this is their. You said for eight years, forget about the law. You wanted to entrust all of that, you know, you wanted to say, forget about the law and give all the discretion, all the authority to the president and to a few people in power because you figured, hey, it won't affect me. It'll just affect my enemies. But now he's gone. And that power is still going to be there. It's a it's a cumulative effect. Let's remember. What happens with the presidency? One president builds it up, makes it more powerful, more powerful, and then he leaves, and the next guy steps in where he left off. He doesn't start back at the beginning. Each, new, each president that comes in, he's not starting back at George Washington. He's starting where the last one left him, which means he's going to have even more power. And that's a disturbing thing because it seems that, you know, I don't think anyone would argue that our best presidents have come here at the end. We had a lot of really good presidents in the beginning, and they didn't have a lot of power, comparatively speaking. And now they have tons of power, and these are not our best presidents. So our presidents are getting worse, but they're getting more powerful. And the only way to stop that is if the president's own party and his own supporters try to restrain him. Because his opponent's doing it, that won't matter. But his own party and his own supporters have to try to restrain him. That didn't happen with Obama, and now liberals are paying the price. Will it happen with Donald Trump? No, I don't think it will at all. I think we're just going to continue down this road. That's what I think will happen. And in, um, you know, in 2020 or 2024, whenever it happens, you know, if there's a liberal in office, then we'll switch sides. All of a sudden, liberals will be okay with uh, executive overreach. Conservatives will be concerned about it again, and blah, blah, blah. We'll just go back and forth. And meanwhile, you know, we lose, we lose more and more of our freedoms and the Constitution is more and more eroded and uh, the cycle just repeats itself over and over again. And that's your pick-me-up for the day. You're welcome. That does it for me. I'll talk to you guys later. Akruche Salus. Godspeed.